Good afternoon, Judith. Good afternoon, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup. I am Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. And I am Judith Fender. I am one of the amazing coaches with the No BS Weight Loss Program. And this week, we are so fortunate to have back our guest, Jane Pilger, to talk about the nervous system. Yeah. And Jane, last week when we ended, we talked about just a general overview of the nervous system of polyvagal theory. For our listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, I would strongly encourage you to stop now, go back and listen, because it really kind of sets the foundation for what we're going to talk about today, right? Today, we're going to talk about what I'm really interested in is knowing how What's the difference in those times when we can, when we have these emotions, when we have anxiety and we can work through whatever the situation is versus those moments where, you know, it's deer in the headlights. We just cannot access our, our brains. I think Judith calls it our executive functions. And I, I think that's a great way to talk about it. So what's the difference in those yeah. situations? Yeah, absolutely. So the short answer is the difference is the perceived threat that the brain, the, the, the amount of threat that the brain is perceiving. So when we are perceiving a significant amount of threat, then the brain can go into pure survival response. Like we are in survival mode. There is zero access to the logical part of our, of our brain. All that is happening right now is we are just trying to keep ourselves alive. And when there is that very large perceived threat, think about, um, think about, for example, if you've been driving on the freeway and you have, I'm sure we have all experienced this where you have like a near accident, right? Somebody kind of comes over into your lane or you have to, you know, s- swerve over to avoid something. And you get that just like, <sighs> like just that immediate, where it kind of feels like the blood rushes away from you and your stomach, you know, your heart is in your, uh, or maybe your stomach is in your chest or whatever, right? You feel that like so quickly, like that is boom, very high perceived threat. The logical brain is not on board at all. And so that's going to be that time where it's like, uh, you know, just no access to anything. Now, there are also times where your brain still perceives a threat, but you're more within, uh, you still have some of your executive function on board. And so last week we talked about the three states of your nervous system. And so for anybody who wasn't listening, just the super quick primer is we have this area in the middle where you're, uh, I like to call it home base, where you are more able to function. You feel like you're connected to yourself. You're able to, um, uh, achieve your goals, think about your goals, do hard things that happens more in home base. Then you have above that area, which is the more activated place you're going to be. That's where you have anxiety, fear, worries. Then below is where you have very low energy, more of the depression, hopelessness, despair, loneliness. So in that, that kind of visual of those three, that middle area is what is, is known as the, the window of tolerance. 
And so what happens is this window of tolerance can be very small for some people, and it can be larger for some people. And what that means is that in the window of tolerance is where you have access to your executive functioning. It's where you have access to other things. It's where you're able to, as you were talking about, experience anxiety, but still bring that anxiety with you into your experience. It's where you are able to kind of be a little bit nervous about something, maybe be a little scared of something, but you're still able to kind of reason yourself through it, bring yourself through it and still do the thing. And so you're in that. So if you can kind of picture this window of tolerance, you're going to be kind of towards the top of the window. If you are kind of feeling this anxiety, you're a little nervous, you, you, you feel some of the, the feelings that kind of fluttering in your chest, maybe you're getting a little bit warm, um, you start to notice, you're actually able to even notice some of the thoughts when you're in that window of tolerance, but you're kind of towards the top of the window. I, so yeah. I think right here, I wanted to, this sounds like to me when I was talking about in the the anxiety podcast where I was in Corinne's Q and a chat box, that little Q and a, yes, I practiced managing my mind for 60 minutes because if I didn't practice managing my mind, the window of tolerance, expanding that, then there, there comes a point where I, I could read the question a hundred times over and not be able to process an answer. So learning to increase that threshold is what I was doing Uh, without knowing what I was doing. It's what I was doing. Right. Does that sound right? Yeah, it does. It's kind of like picture going to the gym. So we go to the gym and when we go to the gym, we lift weights and we can, you know, over time we can lift more weights and we can lift heavier weights. And as we do that, we get stronger. Our muscles get bigger. So we can do the same thing within our nervous system and we can expand the capacity of our window of tolerance, which is a beautiful thing to be able to do because you can be kind of towards the top of the window, but you're not actually out of the window yet. And so you're able to experience what's happening in your body. You're able to notice the thoughts. You're able to notice the sensations and you're still able to do the thing. You can also do the same when you're kind of towards the bottom of the window of tolerance and you can start to see where you know, you, you might have this desire to just go lay down, to go like, put your head in the sand, you know, and not do anything, but you notice the, the slowing of the energy, you notice some of the thoughts, but you're able to see them and to notice them. What happens when we're outside of the window and we're more in that true survival response, you don't even know what happened. So that's when you turn around and you're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And like, for me, I would look and I would see all of these wrappers and all of the, you know, bags of cereal and all of the things that I had eaten, but like, you're not even aware in that moment of what happened. So as we expand our window, then you're able to kind of bring some of those experiences with you. You you start to, what you're really doing is you're creating safety within yourself. Mm -hmm. 
So as you create more safety, your brain, and we talked last week about when we're in that survival response, it doesn't really even matter if you're actually in threat Mm -hmm. or at risk, you know, if if there really is an actual threat or if it's just a perceived threat from your brain. And so what we're doing is we're creating more safety within ourselves. And the more safety we have, the bigger our window of tolerance gets. So when other things happen, we don't get sent straight up out of the window or below the window. And then the beauty is like what can happen there is like, um, so for example, my husband and I, we will tell each other, like if I kind of start to notice, there are certain signs I can notice. I'm kind of, I'm getting up here where I'm not out of the window, but I'm definitely approaching the top. I notice I'm, I start to get more irritable or I'm a little kind of like thinking like, we got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to, you know, you kind of start to notice these things. Then when I can actually notice that's happening and I can verbalize, I'm getting towards the top of the window. Like I'm not out of it yet, but it's close. Then I can kind of know the things that help bring me more into the window. And so I don't end up shooting out and then, you know, going to kind of my usual behaviors. Yeah. I was curious when we are expanding the window of tolerance, when we're practicing that and we are creating that safety space, is this also neuroplasticity? Is this us rewriting? Is this the rewiring? Okay. I thought so, but I Yes, it absolutely is neuroplasticity. It's because neuroplasticity is really just the just a terminology for how we can rewire and we can change the connections in our brain. And so what we have is we have these connections in our brain. Sometimes it is the connection is actually related to an emotion. Sometimes it's related to it could be related to a sound. It could be related to a thing, an object. Uh, For those of us with food issues, it could be related to a food. And so we're able to kind of change and rewire the connection that and the automatic response that our body and our brain has to that emotion, that sensation, maybe that sound, that thing. Um, And so over time, our brain makes those connections. And then it just they kind of stay, stay there until we can rewire that process. So the million dollar question is how do we do this? How do we expand this window? Yeah. So the first thing really is, is just becoming aware of our, your nervous system. Specifically, we talked a little bit last week about there is no right or wrong nervous system everybody's nervous system is going to be very unique depending on your, um, just your, your upbringing, what you experienced, what you experienced as a child, what you experienced yesterday, um, any number of things. So it's going to be very individual and just really be becoming first. We have to become aware. We can't change anything without awareness. And so it's really becoming aware of, your own nervous system. And so we talked last week about how you can kind of kind of map out your own nervous system and kind of really look at, okay, for me and my nervous system, where do I kind of spend the most amount of time? 
it's also important to remember that we nobody is ever going to always be in the window of tolerance it's we are always coming in and out um, that's just the nature of it and the key is not how much time we spend in one or the other the key is that we are not getting stuck so we can probably all imagine times when we've been stuck in one or the other. So we're stuck in this, you know, we're ruminating, we're thinking about all the terrible things that could go wrong. We've got this like constant, like zzz, buzz, 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 which then for most of us leads us when we're feeling that buzz, buzz, buzz leads us to want to get rid of that through food, through alcohol, through shopping, through some other means. Um, so we can kind of get stuck there or we can get stuck in the depression, the hopelessness, the despair, the I'm not getting out of bed. And so it's we're all going to have times that we're in that high energy or we're in that low energy survival response. But the key is, can we can we bring ourselves out of it more quickly? Um, can we spend less time there or not really get stuck there and more flow through the different states? The other thing that's important to remember is your state is not you. It's not your, it is not who you are. It is just what is happening in your nervous system. So all of those things, you kind of have to, th those are like the foundational pieces to even just understanding before we can even work with it, we have to understand it. Then we can say, okay, now I really understand. I actually spend way most of my time up here in that, this high activation state. And, you know, I want to expand my window of tolerance. I want to spend more time here. Um, and the other thing is the window of tolerance, some people's window of tolerance is very, very small. And so if you don't know kind of what it feels like to be connected to yourself, to be in that kind of like, yeah, this, this is me there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's particularly for somebody who has experienced, um, uh, a trauma in the past, particularly kind of what we refer to as big T trauma. You may not really even know what that window of tolerance looks like. And that's okay too. So to, so to answer now the question, so that's a lot of kind of foundational here are things to understand and to be aware of then looking at, so what do we do? So it's really a matter of noticing when can you just notice when you're in any one of the states doesn't matter which one can you just notice even after the fact like oh i was out of the window like i can see what happened we may not see it when it's happening particularly if we are in that survival response but if we can look back and see it as a nervous system response versus a I can't believe I did that again. Why I thought I had this figured it out. I'm broken. You know, all, those types of things that we generally tell ourselves, it's like, oh, I see. I can see what happened there. Just understanding it will actually start to expand your window without you actually do. I mean, you're doing because you're noticing, but that just understanding alone what it does is it starts to create some safety within yourself. And that's really what we're doing is we're kind of create, we are creating safety. Then there are certain things that you can do, whether you are, if you're above, you're in that high activation state, 
the certain things that you can do there are going to be things you're going to want if you just visually you're up above, right? So you want to bring yourself into that middle zone, that home base zone. So you can bring yourself down. Breath work is the, I think some of the um, most impactful, very quick way to do it. And what you can do is take deep breaths with a, an inhale and then an exhale where the exhale is longer than the inhale. So it's really going to help just kind of just bring, I mean, you can even hear it, right? It's just, you take that deep breath and it just kind of centers you. It more grounds you. So if you think about, if you've got high energy, you want to ground yourself. So you can ground yourself by being out in nature, taking deep breaths. I love to put my hand on my heart. Um, you can give yourself a hug. You can, um, ground yourself with another person, with an animal, with a stuffed animal. I have a stuffed animal, my, uh, giraffe ginger who, you know, I, you know, use and, and, um, I actually use her really in both States, but really grounding, you kind of want to take that energy and ground it into that middle area. I think it's interesting when I see your hand go up. I mean, as coaches, we, we know we can recognize in clients when they come and Mm. that energy, it's literally like there is no body. There is only thoughts coming at you, that type of energy. So it's, as I see your hand making the motions, that's what I'm thinking about. Like you can just tell. Well, and here's, what's really important for any coach to understand any coach, any parent, any spouse, any friend, when you are, when, as you understand your own nervous system, mm-hmm. you can start to recognize the nervous system of somebody else. And so if I can recognize, wow, my spouse is out of the window right now, when somebody, so when you are out of the window, we talked about your, your executive functioning, that part of your brain, that logical part of your brain, it's not on board. So if you have a client, let's just say, and we're all coaches here, right? If you have a client who's out of the window, if you try to talk to them about logic, mm-hmm. about their thoughts, it's not, journaling. It's, yeah. yeah, journaling, it's not available to them. It's not even, I mean, you might as well just be speaking Greek to them because they are not able to receive it in the same way. If you're a parent and your kid is totally, you know, going off their rocker and you're trying to like talk sense into them and be logical with them in that space, when they are in that survival response, they can't receive logic. It's just not possible. So it's, that's where you can really work with yourself work with your client, work with your kid or your spouse or whatever to either help them to regulate or just wait until they are in a more regulated place and then know that's when they're going to be able to grow, to access their thinking, to assess what happened. But when you're in one of those survival responses or your client is, or your child is, or your spouse is, there's a level of understanding communication that's literally not available. And we end up like basically banging our heads against the wall, trying to get somebody to see something or understand something, or why won't you listen to me? And then, you know, it all blows up. And when you've got two people who are highly activated in that fight or flight, it makes sense, right? That it just, so yeah. 
yeah, that's super. So it just, just, it's helpful to know as you can understand your own nervous system and then the under the nervous system of other people. I was working with a client today who has a, like a government project due and she tends to run above home base in anxiety. And she was discussing this with me and I was trying to help her get to that place of understanding her nervous system and understanding, um, trying to help her ground before she goes in to make it doable to work on this. She thought it was going to take 16 hours to do this project by July 5th. And um, so all this to say, she remembered a time when she was working on her, I think it's master's thesis where she incorporated the help of having her brother come sit with her Mm. just to have it. I said, this is a beautiful thing because you were regulating off of his nervous system. He provided to you that steady state where you will were able to calm down and access your executive function so you can write this paper. And so it was just so interesting to, to have that conversation with her and then to see the bells go off. She's like, you know, I didn't even know what I was doing as much as I just wanted him to come be with me. Yes. Well, and it's a beauty. It's called co-regulation and it's when you can use somebody else to regulate your nervous system. So you, there's self-regulation where you learn how to regulate your own nervous system. And then there's co-regulation. And one of the beauties of coaching, particularly if you are coaching in a one-on-one practice, so Um, or in a one-on-one environment is you're able to really co-regulate. And so for me, when I, as I work with, uh, you know, women who are, are binge eaters and have a lot of shame, there's a lot of challenge in, in talking about that. And so to be able to, you know, come to a, a session where a client may be very dysregulated in their nervous system, but if you can be regulated in your own nervous system, then you can help them in that regulation kind of environment. And it's another thing for coaches where it's a very good practice to make sure that when you go into your own, your, your sessions with your client, that you are regulated because if you are not regulated and your client comes in, they're not regulated. It's going to, it might be messy. It's going to feel messy. It's not going to really be very helpful for either one of you. And so just understanding that then you can kind of have a practice of, in terms of the how, right. You can have a practice of this is what I do before I start a coaching session. Maybe it's taking some deep breaths. Maybe, um, maybe it's a body scan. Maybe it's a meditation, something to, if you are, if you're more, more of that high energy. So you can kind of do things to kind of bring you down. Now, if you're more low energy and you tend to live more kind of below the window, what we need is instead of bringing our energy down, we need to bring our energy up. And so there are going to be different things that you're going to do to bring your energy up. And so that might, you can still use your breath, but instead of an inhale with a long exhale, you can use more of a, um, uh, an inhale within shorter exhales. So it might look more kind of like a bringing more energy into your body. You can use water. You can use, um, 
cold, cold temperatures. I love to use music, like very, you know, kind of like music that is either inspiring or activating or energizing, you know, kind of specific songs for you um, are great things to do. You might dance, you might um, anything that's kind of going to bring more energy uh, to your experience. And so as you just start to see where you generally are, notice that and then work to really kind of bring yourself back into general window and that home base. And as you do that, you are, the more time you spend there, it's just like going to the gym. You are expanding your window as you are there and you are experiencing other challenges and you're able to address them and deal with them in certain ways. And then you figure out, you start to figure out for yourself, just like your client did Judith with, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring somebody in. I know I've got this challenging thing. Here's this thing that I know I can do to help me get through it, but to still get that goal and do the things that you want to do. So can you tell us a little bit about how you did that for yourself? You started last week by talking about how you were certified as a coach And then you thought you had everything ready to go, ready to start your business. And then you realized that you were starting to binge again. And so you had to pull back. How did you, what what are some things that you did? Well, I think for me, it's definitely, you know, we all have the benefit of hindsight. I mean, at the time it was more of a, I, you know, it, it felt more, it felt more like shame more like, you know, kind of imposter. I can't do this type of work. If I'm, I can't help other people if I'm still binging. And it was all so very much, I, there was a lot of my own mental chatter in it all that it just, I, I just wasn't, I just wasn't ready. And then for me learning about, but I'm, I have been on this journey with binging for decades. And so it was for me, like, I'm never going to give up on it. And so then learning about the nervous system changed everything for me. And once that changed, I mean, it was like, it was like just a, it was not a light bulb because there is no light bulb moment, particularly when it comes to rewiring your brain, but it was such a transformative shift that uh, then I was just like, I, as I did the own practice, my own practices, as I increased my window of tolerance, the binging really just, it fell away. Now that doesn't mean like, it's just, I mean, but it did, it really just fell away as I understood it. And, and as I gained more practices to expand my own window, to, to, to notice when I really am way above and be able to bring myself back without needing food, then that food, just that whole purpose, it just went away on top of the other work I was doing around allowing all foods and all of the things that, you know, before I really thought that the key to ending binging was just, you know, stop snacking and stop eating sugar and flour and that will do it. But that's, that's not how you do it. Um, So for me, it was really just understanding and doing these practices on a very regular basis, noticing my nervous system, meeting myself with so much care and compassion and wanting to, I think for the first time, wanting to work with my body instead of thinking my body was broken, hating my body, wanting to change my body, thinking my body needed to be so different. It was like, 
oh, my body has been trying to talk to me and work with me this whole time. And I just didn't get it. And so now it's like, it's just been such a huge shift for me that I just want to, you know, help more people and tell more people about it. And really there's just so much, there's so much pain in the thinking that you're broken and thinking that you're powerless. And, you know, that all of that is just so it's just so painful and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? You know, I think just, it's really just about being, just being aware, you know, just noticing, just get curious about your own nervous system, get curious about where you are, get curious about, you know, kind of how you respond when you're Um, when you're in different states. And if it's something that you're really interested in and you want to learn more about, you know, there's, there are so many amazing resources out there. This is becoming, what I love is that the nervous system is, it is becoming the, this whole learning about the nervous system. It's becoming more mainstream. It's becoming more accepted. And because we all experience this And it's a, it is a missing piece, I think for a lot of people. And so there are so many resources out there, um, you know, that, that anybody can go to, there's all kinds of different resources. Um, There are plenty of people, you know, who you can uh, work with. And um, I think it's, it's, it's just a very, it's an, it's an important topic and whether it is around binging, whether it's around however else you show up that you don't like to show up and, and even just the interpersonal communication around really understanding where, you know, people are within their nervous system, the more we can regulate ourselves, then we can be kind of that regulating presence for other people. And then it just expands so, so much, which I think is just so powerful. And then one of the things that we have told clients, and I think we've even said on this podcast a few times, is that for people who are trying to create awareness and they don't know where to start, even just setting a timer like during the day and when it goes off, okay, this is a moment where I'm going to check in. What am I feeling? What's going on in my body? You know, that is a very basic place to start. Do you have suggestions that you give clients who are new to it? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Just checking in, setting a timer, checking in, what am I feeling? What am I noticing? What, what state am I in right now? Even without trying to, to change it, just noticing, checking in what state am I in right now? Um, can be, can be really, really powerful and really helpful. I like to tell my clients and remind them that, you know, we are like 80% of what we're perceiving is coming through the body, through our nervous system. And that's why it feels so compelling and why we get conflicted with our thinking and that we're broken, broken, or that this is wrong. But in fact, it's our, it's, it's coming through the body. It does have a lot of intensity and feeling to it and developing that understanding of holding that space that you have a body that has feelings and you have a brain that's capable of thinking. And we're going to get these two things lined up. Yeah. 
I love to say that the bo- our body is always talking to us. It's just that we don't often listen. We're so used to overriding right. what our body is telling us that, you know, we don't, we don't listen. And so the more we can just tune in and listen and see what our body has to say, there's so much wisdom and so much information there. If we can just look at it from a place of this is information instead of this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Jane. If, yeah. if any of our listeners have questions for Jane that or want to continue the conversation in any way, don't hesitate to go to our Facebook page, the Coaches Cup on Facebook, and ask those questions, make comments. We, you know, we can even have you back maybe to answer some of those questions if people have questions. Yeah, I would be, I would be happy to come back if anybody has questions. And if anybody, if anybody relates to the, the, the binge eating or the feeling out of control around food around this, what my work is really kind of combined all of this work with the nervous system, along with other, what I think are really key, important um, points and, and strategies to unwind um, binge eating. And so uh, I offer uh, master classes, a series of master classes once a month on various topics, anything related to um, uh, the, the class in July is going to be what to do after a binge, which is something that I have Googled so many times as a resource I wish I had. And uh, so all kinds of different topics. And so you can sign up for those master classes and uh, get on my email list for any further information and kind of dialogue with me at my website, which is janepilger.com. Or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram uh, in both places at Jane Pilger Coaching. So I'd love to connect uh, with any of you there. All right. I have learned so much. I've truly enjoyed this. So thank you, Jane. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. I've really enjoyed it too. And if you're looking for coaching, uh, you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com or uh, Sonia underscore green coaching on Instagram. And you can find me on one of the amazing coaches with the no BS weight loss program. And you can find me personally on just Judy on Instagram, J U S T J U D I E. All right. Thank you ladies. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.